The deep state is taking a pause on globalization and moving the agenda forward with regionalization. Stay tuned and I'll tell you more. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Behind the Deep State. I'm your host, Alex Newman, for the New American Magazine. And, uh, folks, the globalists are putting pause on globalism, at least on the surface. But they are still pursuing globalism under the guise of regionalism. And that's not just my opinion. That is objectively what's happening. And, in fact, that is what Klaus Schwab called for in his book on the Great Reset. Uh, we've touched on this subject before in uh, a previous episode of Behind the Deep State. But we're going to get it a little bit more in-depth this time around and uh, show you what they are doing at the moment. Now, the IMF uh, just released a report. It's World Economic Outlook. This was released in July of 2022. Uh, and in there, they talk about what they call a serious risk to the medium-term outlook is that the war in Ukraine will contribute to fragmentation of the world economy into geopolitical blocks with distinct technology standards, cross-border payment systems, and reserve currencies. Uh, that's cute except that they view that as a positive development. Uh, don't believe me, folks. Uh, this is Klaus Schwab himself, Mr. Great Reset, right? Uh, we must have a great reset, as Klaus Schwab says. I love doing a Klaus Schwab impersonation because this is one man who so richly deserves to be mercilessly mocked. Um, and uh, one of these days soon, we'll dig into the real brains behind this, right? Klaus Schwab is the front man, but uh, behind him is a guy called Peter Schwartz. And um, we'll be digging into him in a future episode. He is a self-proclaimed futurist and a scenario planner. Uh, and my guess is he probably came up with some of these ramblings. But this is what Klaus Schwab says in his uh, recent book on the Great Reset. He says, the most likely outcome along the globalization, uh, no globalization continuum lies in an in-between solution, regionalization. Oh, really, Klaus Schwab, uh, here it will continue, says the success of the European Union as a free trade area or the new regional comprehensive partnership in Asia, a proposed free trade agreement among 10 countries that comprise ASEAN, the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, are important illustrative cases of how regionalization may well become a new watered-down version of globalization. Uh, he says, um, even the three states that compose North America now trade more with each other than with China or Europe, as Parag Khanna points out. And by the way, Parag Khanna is a member of Deep State Headquarters here in the United States, a member of the CFR, Council on Foreign Relations. Go watch our episode if you are not familiar with them. Uh, so uh, Klaus Schwab quotes Parag Khanna, and he says, uh, Regionalism was clearly overtaking globalism before the pandemic exposed the vulnerabilities of our long-distance interdependence. In short, deglobalization in the form of greater regionalization was already happening. And folks, we're going to come back to this. Okay, this is so critical to understand. Uh, Klaus Schwab goes on to say that COVID-19 will just accelerate this global divergence as North America, Europe, and Asia focus increasingly on regional self-sufficiency rather than on the distant and intricate global supply chains that formerly epitomized the essence of globalization. Uh, that's interesting, folks, uh, and I want you to think seriously about what this means, uh, because we've been warning about this for a very, very long time. Uh, and actually, Henry Kissinger gave a, a really nice summary of what was going on. I want to read to you what he said in his uh, book on world order. And he actually outlined this plot. And this was way before the Great Reset was public. It was before anyone had ever heard of COVID, right? Uh, here's what Henry Kissinger said. By the way, Henry Kissinger, Mr. New World Order. When really a new world order can be created. It's a great opportunity. There's a need for a new world order. 
between four visions of world order. Uh, here is what Henry Kissinger wrote in his book, World Order. He says, the contemporary quest for world order will require a coherent strategy to establish a concept of order within the various regions and to relate these regional orders to one another. Uh, he says that we need a structure of international rules and norms fostered as a matter of common conviction. Uh, and he talks about how great these regional orders are. He says that Europe has set out to transcend the state, as in the nation state. Uh, and so, folks, that is what their plan is, right? Henry Kissinger is uh, the Rockefeller poodle, right? He is uh, one of the architects, the engineers of this new world order. And uh, they realized that we couldn't just leap into a one world government in one giant leap. Uh, instead, uh, as Henry Kissinger explains, you need regional orders, by which he means regional governments, like the European Union, and we'll talk about some of those. Uh, and then you're going to relate those to each other, either through trade or war or conflict or cooperation, uh, very much like 1984. Right? Uh, and so this is what Klaus Schwab says in his book, Great Reset, is going to happen. And they think that that is a very, very good thing. Uh, very dangerous here, folks, what they are doing. So I want to show you a few clips of, of leading globalists, at least globalist puppets, talking about this. Uh, here's Guy Verhofstadt. Uh, he was the prime minister of Belgium. He was the president of the European Council. He is uh, a leading globalist, a powerhouse in the European Union. Uh, check out what he has to say. On, on a world level, I think it's absolutely necessary that we go in the direction of a network of regional organizations. We have the European Union in Europe. Uh, maybe tomorrow in Asia they shall create an uh, Asian uh, currency uh, unit, uh, like we have the uh, Economic and Monetary Union in Europe. Uh, there is certainly also uh, an enormous uh, uh, intense uh, cooperation more and more in, in, in Latin America. Uh, there are the Arab, uh, Arab countries. So I see a world order in the future with a multipolar uh, world order, where you see a few big regional Subcontinental organizations were important. So the network of these uh, uh, organizations, that is maybe the, uh, the, the future for, uh, for this world. All right. Uh, now check out uh, the former prime minister of New Zealand, Helen Clark, who, of course, is uh, one of the leading luminaries of the globalist establishment over at the United Abominations. Check this out. I think in terms of advocacy for the needs of a wide range of states, the regional organisations which exist around our world are very important. We've spoken in this interview about Europe and its role on behalf of its 27 members. But we also have a very coherent African Union. Uh, we have in Southeast Asia the ASEAN family of nations, which is developing its, its own charter and principles and, and quite a broad-based community, a very ambitious community, is in the making there part of the world I come from, the Pacific Island Forum acts as a voice for uh, largely the microstates of the, of the South Pacific. So in terms of people's voices getting heard, I think up through these regional systems is going to be uh, extremely important. Uh, also, uh, Frederica uh, Mogherini, the uh, foreign minister of the European Union, now, this was a few years ago, listen to what she says. Our cooperation with our friends and partners around the world is based mainly on this, on trying to support and encourage regional integration and partnerships. That is true in the Arab world and the Middle East. That is true for Africa, with the African Union, but also with the G5 Sahel. This is true in Asia with the ASEAN or in Latin America with CELAC. The European Union can pivot a global network of regional alliances. 
a new global order can benefit immensely from improved regional cooperation in terms of security and in terms of narrative on building this multilateral new global order. All right, folks. So this is clearly the direction they're moving in, right? They want to build up these regional orders. And, and you can tell that this is a centrally coordinated plan, right? What do you suppose the odds are that uh, all over the world, people just woke up one day and said, you know what? We don't really have any need for our nation state. We don't really need this whole self-government thing. Let's just all surrender our sovereignty to a regional government. Um, yeah, I, I think the probability of that happening is probably zero percent. Uh, so what's happening here, folks, is this is being imposed on people around the world. And I'll give you some of the uh, examples of this. But before we get there, um, this has been happening for a long time, folks. In fact, they have been working on this since at least the 1950s openly. Uh, they were trying to turn uh, the European Union into a European Union. right? And, and I covered this extensively in a book that I uh, co-wrote with a globalist, actually, Rick Biondi. Uh, on uh, the effort to build an Atlantic Union and world federalism and how the U.S. government and the CIA actually helped uh, fund the emergence of this pan-European government movement. Uh, and, and it all starts with these free trade agreements, right? They use these free trade agreements where they say, uh, oh, we're just going to have a, a common market. And uh, with this common market, we're going to be able to trade with each other. There's not going to be barriers. Uh, so that's how the European Union started, right? A coal and steel community morphed into a, a customs union, morphed into an European economic union. And then suddenly it was the European Union. Uh, and this has been the plan all along. And in fact, the U.S. globalists, the deep state globalists in the United States, states that were encouraging the European nations to surrender their sovereignty to these regional institutions. They did it with uh, Marshall Plan dollars and, and other mechanisms. Um, they, they were hoping all along to eventually merge the Europeans into one union so that they could be merged with the United States in a transatlantic union. But um, here you go, guys. Let me uh, give you some examples of this. Um, and and uh, actually, the, the U.S. State Department was pretty clear about this as well. Uh, in, a, in a report, we've talked about it before on this program, a world effectively controlled by the United Nations. This was a State Department report. Uh, a globalist from the CFR, Lincoln Bloomfield, argued that global government, uh, the best way to get that might be to create uh, ever larger units that would evolve through customs unions, confederation, and regionalism, regionalism until ultimately the larger units coalesce under a global umbrella. Wow, it's almost like he was reading Klaus Schwab 50 years later, right? Um, and so that's what they're doing, folks. Uh, they've been very, very open about this uh, in their own publications, in their own speeches, and we have plenty more we could show you. But uh, globalist, uh, former National Security Advisor Zbigniew Brzezinski, who helped uh, David Rockefeller found the Trilateral Commission, same thing, right? Speaking in 1995 at the uh, Soviet dictator Mikhail Gorbachev's uh, State of the World Forum, this is what he said. Um, we cannot leap into one world government in one quick step. In brief, the precondition for our eventual globalization, genuine globalization, is progressive regionalization because thereby we move toward larger, more stable, more cooperative units. Sounds kind of like what the former foreign minister of the European Union was saying, right? Frederica Mogineri or whatever her name is. And uh, also in 1995, the UN Commission on Global Governance said the same thing. In their report, Our Global Neighborhood, they said the UN must gear itself for a time when regionalism becomes more ascendant worldwide and assist the process in advance of that time. Regional cooperation and integration should be seen as an important and integral part of a balanced 
system of global governance. And so, folks, the European Union obviously is the premier example of this, but hardly the only one. We've got the African Union that is being imposed on the Africans now. Of course, the U.S. taxpayer, the European taxpayer, and the mass murdering dictatorship in communist China is imposing this on the Africans. They've already got an African parliament, an African military. Uh, they're working on creating an African currency. They've got an African court of justice. Uh, and of course, Africa is being divided up into smaller regional African governments that will then coalesce into the African Union. Uh, in Latin America, they have the Union of South American States. Uh, in Eurasia, Vladimir Putin is building his Eurasian Union, bringing together the uh, former Soviet states. And he's been very open about the fact that he eventually wants to merge that with the European Union. And he said it openly, folks. We've covered it here on this show and in the New American Magazine many times. And there are so many of these regional unions being developed. Uh, and, and, you know, the globalists don't really care who ends up in which regional union, right? They've proposed many times a, a Middle East union. Uh, sometimes they say the North Africans should be in, sometimes not, right? Uh, do you include only Sunnis or do you bring in Shias? I mean, it's, it's just, uh, do you bring in the Israelis, the Turks, the Kurds, etc.? But uh, this is what they are working on, folks. They want to divide the world up into these regional governments where we will lose control of the government, right? The European Union is really a perfect example of this. Uh, they have a parliament, but really the, the true legislative power is with the European Commission, which is an unelected totalitarian bureaucracy, very much modeled on the Soviet system, right? That's why Mikhail Gorbachev called the European Union the new European Soviet. So uh, folks, that's where they're going with this. Uh, it is a big part of the Great Reset, as Klaus Schwab explained in his little book. And um, Folks, it's happening right here in the United States as well in North America, right? NAFTA uh, was, was dubbed by Henry Kissinger the most creative step toward a new world order in a generation. Um, and it was. Now they've replaced NAFTA with an even more draconian system, the USMCA. And so what these do is they set up regional courts. They set up regional bureaucracies that cannot be uh, overruled or controlled by the U.S. government, much less the U.S. voter. Um, and, and so they're doing this all over the world, folks, all over the world. This is happening. Uh, and then as they get these regional orders, they try to create new, bigger regional orders, right? Like North America is supposed to fit in with the Trans-Pacific Partnership and the Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership with the Europeans, right? And so you get the United States sucked into a regional North American order, and then that cooperates with the European order and the Transatlantic order and all the rest of it, folks. Uh, this is incredibly dangerous. And uh, what it means, folks, to just be really blunt, is the end of self-government, the end of the nation state. And what happens if that happens here in the United States? Well, we lose our Constitution, we lose the God-given rights that our Constitution protects, and it all goes out the window. So, folks, we have to expose these people. Don't buy into the idea that, oh, yay, globalism is in retreat. It's not. They're just using a different strategy, the strategy of regionalism, to accomplish the same objective, undermine national sovereignty, and get us sucked into these uh, regional and global governance institutions that are beyond the accountability of voters, that are true technocratic totalitarian arms of the deep state to rule over our people and people all over the world. Thanks for watching, folks. I'm Alex Newman. This is Behind the Deep State. Please share this out there. The fascist social media companies hate us with a passion. We now know they've been cooperating with the Biden regime to silence critics of their agenda. So we depend on you, ladies and gentlemen, to get this information out. So 
get the copy of this link, send it by email to your friends, your family, your neighbor, your state representative, your state senator, your congressman, your senator, uh, your governor, right? We need all hands on deck to stop these people, folks, or we will lose our freedom. We will lose our self-government and we will lose our constitutional republic. Thanks again for watching. Till next time, God bless you all. If you enjoyed this video, please make sure to subscribe, hit like, hit that little bell so that you'll be notified whenever we post new videos. And also please make sure to share this video with your friends. Email is a great way to do it. Remember, there are powerful forces working to steal our freedom and destroy our country. We need to work together, expose those behind the deep state. Otherwise, you can kiss your liberties goodbye.